Welcome everyone to the FBO Juice Roundup Show! On today's show, we're going to look at the three green arrows and three red arrows of the weekend, my Game Week 6 team, a wildcard special with our Watford juicer, Jay's juicy stats, the fixtures for Game Week 7, and then my Game Week 7 team. Right, let's get on with it. So, the three green arrows of the weekend. At number three, Arsenal recorded their 600th Premier League win. They're the third team to do that after Chelsea and Man United. At number two, Mo Salah scored his 100th Premier League goal in 151 games. He's the fastest Liverpool player to do it, with only Aguero, Kane and Shearer reaching it quicker. And at number one, Arsenal have won 15 out of their 28 Premier League games in 2021. That's good news for people considering buying their FPL assets. Now, on to the Red Arrows. And number three, Man United's 1-0 defeat means that they've conceded in their last eight Premier League games. That's their worst record since 1972. And number two, Tottenham are the second team in Premier League history to win their first three games and lose their next three games after Everton in 1993-94 season. And at number one, Southampton have won four times in 27 Premier League games. In fact, in 2021, they've only collected 21 points. And they've got Chelsea next. Now, in other news, the Premier League are planning to reward clubs with the highest number of vaccinated players. At the moment, there's only seven squads who have more than 50% double jabbed. Now, from an FBL perspective, this just highlights a need for having a really good playing bench in our squads. Odds have been slashed for Nuno to be the next manager to be sacked. Now, Tottenham face a really confident Villa side next. And I think if he loses to them, then the writing could be on the wall. N'Golo Kante is self-isolating, which may see the likes of Kai Havertz coming to the Chelsea side against Southampton. Now, if you're looking for a differential option, he could be a great player to look at. Trent has a groin problem. He's definitely out of the Man City game this weekend and he may be out for longer. So you need to think about what you're going to do with him in your team. And Patrick Bamford, no news on his injury. I would suggest wait until the Friday presses because Bielsa is very clear on his team news. Now, on to game week six team. Now, I got 54 points. I got a green arrow. So it was a good week for me. I had Sanchez, who got me two points. He somehow got a bonus point, which is great. Rudiger got me one point. Semedo, clean sheet. Um, he was he had a really good game. He's so high up, but he got me six points. Trent, one point. Livramento, two points. Jota, seven. A Greenwood, a disappointing two. He had the most shots in that game. He had eight shots, but he only came with two points for me. Saar got me nine. Salah, my captain, 14 he was so frustrating to watch in that game. He had so many chances. I was hoping for more. Antonio, eight. And Lukaku, two. On to our interview with our Watford juicer, FPL Yellow Army, who is wildcarding this week. I spoke to him on his plans on his wildcard. Have a look at his video. Right. I'm joined by Roberto, aka FPL Yellow Army. How you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to the Roundup Show. Um, Great to have. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about you're going to you're wildcarding this week. So yeah. we're going to have a look at your wildcard team. 
But before we do that, just let everybody know how your season's been going on so far. Well, it's been a good start. And then it's kind of all gone downhill from there, really. Um, Going into this season, I had high expectations of myself. Last season was a very good outcome, considering previously I hadn't got inside the top million. I got a really good rank um, that I was surprised by, really. Just consistent across the season, 267,000. Really, really happy with that. And then going into this season, I just set myself such high expectations. I was going to always think about my transfers, not take aimless hits like the previous, you know, 19, 20, 18, 19 seasons. So yeah, we started well, 107 points game week one, which I was absolutely loving. Obviously not a green arrow because it's the first game week, but it was a good starting point. And then the second game week, the Bruno captaincy against Southampton hurt me. And uh, it was just unfortunate. We didn't make the transfer. We were going to bring in Rafinha and we banked the transfer and it was a big bit of a drop to a 208k so you're thinking all right it's not too bad we can kind of make up on this one game week three though uh, it was a very small red arrow down to 220k and I'm thinking at this point after 69 points and then 71 the previous week it's just starting to lose a bit of momentum and then game week four I mean I had a good game week all all things considered Ronaldo came in didn't captain him though and that was a shame and it was another red arrow to go down to 383 Okay, so, you know, we, we started to slide at this point and Game Week 5 was my week of redemption, to, so to say. Um, my first green hour of the season, back up to where I kind of want to be um, this season, at least a small green hour of up to 350.4k. And then last week, it was just back to down to awful reality. And uh, now my rank is 580,683, uh, 673. So, yeah, after the back of game week six, which was a dreadful 37 points, I need this wild card. I've got a lot of injuries, ailing, out injured. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't necessarily injured, but he, he has been rumoured because of the fact he hasn't gone to the Porto game. Um, also, injuries for the likes of um, in the midfield. I mean, Brownhill, I was never going to have as an option long term, but he just isn't looking that good of an option right now. And also I got an injury to Patrick Bamford. We brought in Antonio uh, game week six. And basically I brought in Bamford game week five for Antonio because of the suspension. And we, we, we went back to Antonio. So there's been a bit of a ruffle in my team, a bit of a uh, commotion that we have to sort out. And going into this game week seven fixture swing, that's why we've wildcard is. Okay. And was that your plan to wildcard in this week? Or was it something that's because of your injuries and some of the kind of game weeks that you've been having with the Red Arrows? Is this something that's kind of, you thought, I need to do it now, even though it wasn't planned? Well, that's a good point. I think ultimately I look at this wild card and I look at game week four and I wasn't really that, you know, tempted by the fixtures, but and especially by the teams. Arsenal, Wolves at that point weren't really tickling my fancy. And this game week, it was all about Chelsea. It was all about that triple up um, ahead of Southampton. Although they have been defensively better, I think, Chelsea are just going to go on a really good run now. They will learn from that Man City defeat. And yeah, as you mentioned, you know, game week four was a good option, but I just was in a good you know position. After game week three, I kind of knew that my team was, you know, fairly solid. I didn't need to rip it up to get in likes of Ronaldo. I just took a minus eight to do that. And yeah, as you say, um, I think game week seven was what I had in mind. It was bet- probably between game week four and game week seven, but 
just uh, seems more kinder in terms of the fixtures from my point of view. Okay. And before we look at your wildcard team, what's mm. your style of play? What kind of manager are you? Well, that's, that's a great question because actually I do really think going into game, game week one of the 1920 season, I was all over the place. I was absolute mess. Um, you know, the, the previous season, I think I got a bit, bit overexcited. Watford were doing so well, you know, FA Cup final, pushing for Europe and all that. And then uh, obviously we went down that season, 1920, and we kind of just were a bit dreadful in every department. And I didn't have many Watford assets. I think I had Saar on the last day of the season when we lost and got relegated to Arsenal. But um, yeah, basically 1920, I was just same old self, taking hits, not really thinking about it. But last season, I really did just think, let's just play this properly now because actually I'm losing a bit of pride in my you know, mates mini leagues and I honestly can't be having this because they just keep on egging me on about it and I just had to win back some pride. And actually, it's more fun when you kind of use the stats, you use some of your initiatives. So last season, I think I would say I was quite a uh, safe FPL player and that doesn't, you know, sound that interesting. But actually, I didn't want to take an early transfer. I didn't want to take a hit all the time unless, of course, I got an injury. But I am that kind of person who loves an eye test. So, okay. you know, if you say that's maybe more risky than looking at the stats, then that's the kind of manager I am, really. Great. So this is your wildcard team. Yeah. So I've got Jose Sar in goal. Um, he's got good fixes coming up. And I think he does make a lot of save points. Maybe the assist against Southampton was <laughs> fluky. But at the end of the day, he's still got good chances of clean sheets. And I think that he, he does get those kind of bonus points when he's often... Um, around that bonus point system. Yeah. Um, Newcastle haven't been scoring that many goals apart from Alan St. Maximan. Uh, Joao Cancelo, I think, is a bit of an interesting one because obviously maybe you won't say he's as nailed as Ruben Diaz, but I just think he started against Chelsea. He showed that attacking threat and he can do it against difficult defences. And at the end of the day, I think Trent might not start. Um, we'll go on to talk about him in a second, but... You know, there could be a chance of Man City getting a clean sheet, especially if, you know, Jota's not quite on the form that he's, you know, showed in previous seasons. And also uh, Firmino might not be rushed back. So I think Cancelo just offers so much attacking threat. Yeah. Um, I think you also look at wildcard team as a long-term uh, yeah, exactly. outlook rather than just the, the next game. So, you know, I know Man City have got some decent fixtures after the Liverpool game. So I'm, I'm sure you're looking at a long-term strategy here. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people going for the game week eight wild card, and I understand it because of the international break and yeah. injury, and also Liverpool, Man City having better fixtures after that match um, in match week seven. So I think Cancelo is worth it just because of the attacking threat he does okay. um, have inside. Um, Thiago Silva is a bit of a left field punt. Obviously, a lot of people going for an Antonio Rudiger, but I just want to kind of get that Chelsea defence and get the clean sheet. Like obviously a attacking return would be ideal but I'm not looking at it as the most important thing right now and I think with the Chelsea double up um, it's looking that's a better viable option than a midfielder because right now Kai Havertz is not playing at all the time and there's a lot of rotation in there despite Mason Mount picking up an injury so I've gone with Thiago Silva because he's a little bit budget at 5.4 million and Southampton yeah they've scored goals sometimes but I think Chelsea are one of the best defences if not the best defence in the league and then with Azpilicueta, I think it's an, a bit of a punt. But I think now with Reese James out injured, there's a chance he starts there. And he's got as much attacking potential. 
um, playing. He's usually captain, so he's a bit dependable in that respect. Yeah. Um, see, Reese James is out injured, and also a lot of people have got Rudiger, so I'm kind of trying to counteract that. Yeah. And then Ben White, Brighton. I think Brighton is an interesting fixture. We could easily see Arsenal concede there. But as you mentioned with Cancelo, I'm looking to build for the future. I don't want to really have to change up massively my team structure till about game week 17 when there might be some possible Chelsea blanks. But Ben White is you know, cheap as chips, really, in, in the way that he gets clean sheets. He's done well for my team. And he's actually a player that I had before the wild card, and he's just stayed in there because it's a good run for Arsenal, I think. Yep. Okay. So uh, moving on to my midfield, um, Bukayo Saka is another interesting one. I think it's a tough decision between him and Emil Smith-Rowe, but I just think Saka's underlying stats are looking more impressive right now. Um, goal and assist, just as Smith-Rowe did. But with Saka, you know that he's going to be really up for it. Smith-Rowe obviously does start games, but he's not as involved all the time with goals and assists. And Saka just looks like he's a key man of that Arsenal attack. You know, with the creativity of Odegaard and Aubameyang back in form against Tottenham, I think that Arsenal team will start to get more confident. Um, and Brighton, obviously, defensively, have been a bit of a, you know, one that a lot of people have hopped on this season. But as we saw last night, Palace, they can cause them problems. And I think Arsenal can do just the same. Mohamed Salah, I think he's just essential. You know, yeah. it's pretty, it's a tough fixture, but he can score against them. He's done it plenty of times in the past. And you just can't go without Salah, really, can no, you? No, you can't, no. And Ismail Asar, you can see there, I had to get one of my Watford players <laughs> in. You know, at the end of the day, he is on good form. And I know that there'll be a debate that his fixtures aren't good enough. He's got Liverpool coming up. He's got Southampton and Everton. But at the end of the day, he's in form. He's confident. He's literally our main source of the way we attack, the way we get forward. And... At the end of the day, if there's one Watford player who can produce in those difficult games, as we saw in um, the end of last season in the Premier League, it's his mile aside. He's done it against Liverpool before. He's done it countless of yeah. times before. So that Leeds fixture as well. Leeds are looking leaky. And I think his mile aside is still great um, value for his price of, of 6.2 million. Yeah. Um, and finally, I've got Ben Rama there, who is a bit of an interesting one because obviously blanked game week three, a lot of people hopping off him, but Actually, now the West Ham fixtures aren't that bad for a long time. They have kind of mid-price uh, FDR ranking, and Brentford is quite a nice one because you know you know with Ben Rama, he's involved. He is often very much lively in, in matches, but it's just a concern about minutes. Obviously, Europa League will be a factor, but I just think as a long-term punt, I think Ben Rama can return to the kind of form uh, that he showed at the start yeah. of the season. What are your thoughts on that one, Jay? Yeah, I think. I think Ben Rama is, is a good pick. Like his understanding with Antonio seems to be growing week on week. Um, mm. You know, when I was watching him against uh, Leeds at the weekend, the amount of times they kind of play the ball through to each other um, just shows that their understanding is going to get even more better. And he's that, that link, you know, for Antonio. And Antonio is on such great form. Um, yeah. I think I would you know, definitely say just just keep him in the team. And, and West Ham are a good team nowadays. You know, David Moyes has done a really good job there and, you know, they're no pushovers and they could they can turn up against anyone yeah. uh, and give them a good game. So, yeah, definitely think uh, he's a good option. And then moving on, I've got a bit of an interesting formation, but we've gone for a 4-4-2. Okay. And as you can see there, Antonio and Lukaku. 
I feel like it's quite strong going into this round of fixtures. Now, of course, the elephant in the room is Cristiano Ronaldo. And I had him in my team before activating the wild card for game week four to game week six. Obviously blanking last week, but I just think that long term, you can still say Ronaldo is a better option. But short term, Chelsea's fixtures just look far too good to ignore. And I wanted that midfield depth, that midfield depth and the defensive um, strength in the squad because I know there still could be COVID cases, still injuries there. So I think Antonio, as we mentioned with Ben Rama, they've got a nice link up. And Antonio was just amazing in that Leeds game. So I think he really is one of the best assets to own going into this run of games. Um, and then Lukaku, I think Lukaku is just a prime finisher. And the, the role he's playing at Chelsea doesn't have to play through the middle all the time. He can actually go a bit further wide and, and, and create chances for his teammates. But ahead of that fixture on, I think he's a good chance uh, for points. And that's why right now he's my, he's my captain pick. Yeah, and who have you got on your, on your bench? Let's have a quick look. The bench is a balanced one, to say the least. Um, I've got Robert Sanchez, the rotating goalkeeper option, which okay. I didn't start the season with. I started with Backman and Foster. Uh, that didn't go too well. Obviously got the odd save point, but really I just thought they would do a bit more. Now, Sanchez, I know that he hasn't got the most ideal fixture game number seven, but long term, you can rotate him quite nicely, I think, with... Um, a little bit of Jose Sar, and yeah, as we saw last night, he gets bonus points. He also does find ways to kind of get these kind of attacking returns, these passes into the final third. So I think he might be a decent um, set and forget goalkeeper. Really, Brighton quite a dependable d- defence. And then, as you can see there, Trent and Alexander Arnold wouldn't usually be on my bench, but it is Man City, and there are rumours that he, he could be out injured. So I'm just going to err on the side of caution with that and have him first on bench, but. I think he is a season keep and uh, I think yeah. he's great for you. That was one thing that I thought I was going to say to you is missing from your team, you know, where's Trent? But you've got him on the bench. I think he's got he's got a sore groin. That's why he yeah. uh, misses out uh, on the Champions League game. And then I see you've got Armstrong, which I think is a... a he's a good striker for his price. Um, mm. And you've got Douglas Louise, which, again, he's, he's having quite a good season, 4.5. Um, he's uh, so you got you got a good playing bench. Um, it's a good team. I think the only th- I think the th- what sticks out to me is when you look at the fixture list for the next four games. You know, Leeds are second. You know, mm. on the fix on the fixture ticker. So yeah, you know, I think Sack is at six point five, and you got someone like Rafinha at six point five. Um, you know, I I would think at six point five. You know, at the beginning of the season, you know, a lot of us saying Rafinha is underpriced, and I still think he is underpriced at six point five. Mm-hmm. He's almost a set and forget. You know, he's going to get you a consistent set of returns, um, and you don't need to you know worry about his game time. That would be my only thing because you know, yes, Arsenal have just hit a little bit of form. It, it's almost like are they going to continue that? Yeah. Is Saka guaranteed? And and um, you know, because he's got you know people like Pepe who might be vying for that spot. Um, you know, Abamian could be shifted to the to the left, and um, you know, Lacazette could be brought into the team. So there's mm-hmm. there's competition there where you know with Rafinha, he's a talisman in in that team. Mm-hmm. You know, everything goes through him. So that would be my only thing to to think about. It's a good point. Position. I think. Yeah, it's definitely a good point you've made because I think game week six heading into it, I was like, my nagging mind, uh, my nagging thought was not owning Antonio and then I transferred him in for Bamford. 
And it feels a bit counterproductive to now bring back Leeds players back in. And I haven't actually owned Rafinha this season, but I get what you're saying. Their fixed run is unbelievable. Rafinha is nailed. Um, he might have a slight injury. I'm not sure about that, though, but right now. Yeah. But uh, certainly, uh, yeah, if he's f- fully fit and you know, ready to go, it's a very tempting option. Yeah. And my only other thing would be, um, just to give you a bit more option, I know you've got Armstrong, who is a good striker on the bench, but again, Southampton have been struggling a little bit. Do you have any money in the bank? Uh, right now, I have absolutely zilch in the bank. Right. So I would, you know, the only thing I would say is, you know, you could get someone like a Foster on your bench mm. and, you know, look at, you know, watching the Brentford Liverpool game, you know, Ivan Tony looks, look fantastic. You know, he's going to give any defense a problem. And I think he's only 0.2, 0.3 more than Armstrong. I yeah. think for the sake of that point three, I think he's going to be probably a more stronger asset. Um, yeah. And you're getting a player in who, is again guaranteed to play every single game. He's on penalties, mm. and you know he will get you returns. And again, another kind of if you're looking at that price range, another set and forget. You know you don't yeah. need to worry about that. So that would be my other kind of you know thing that I'd highlight about your team. Um, you don't want to be putting unnecessary fires out sure. uh, in in the, in the long term. So I think they're the two things. I think Rafinha and, and, and Tony would be the only two that would say and you know you've got a four million playing goalkeeper at the moment in Foster so it's almost again you know yeah I mean I wonder how long he'll be playing for because we saw him obviously against Norwich got the start because of an injury for Backman and then it was against Newcastle we thought it was an injury but then actually we found out that it was a selection decision by Cisco Munoz and then actually the injury ruled him out of Newcastle so obviously I think when he comes back in and he's fully fit then there's a decision to be made there but I do understand what you're saying. I think a rotating goalkeeper's strategy is a bit of a risky one, maybe. But I just kind of was looking at the fixtures and I think Watford's fixtures, obviously, from a defensive point of view, I'm not not so sure about right now. Okay. Great. Great team. And what's your aim? What are you aiming for this season? So I'm going to cut, tone down my expectation because at the start of the season, I was up in the clouds. I was, you know, when you look at that FPL website and you see zero on your rank and you think, okay, that's basically a one FPL. I'm number one in the world. You kind of think anything's possible. And I said to myself and to my YouTube channel, 30K. And I don't know why that, because as I mentioned, I've only finished outside, inside the top million before um, once. (laughs) That was last season. So on a realistic level, it'd be amazing to get into the top 100K. um, But my original prediction was, was 30K. So I think it's just reaching for the stars, trying to find a bit of momentum, and I'm hoping that this wild card can get me just that. Yeah. And as long as you beat Ash this season, that's what I'm looking for. Because if we're going <laughs> to blow in, then yeah, it really is desperate times. <laughs> right. Really good to speak to you. Um, I'm really great that you shared your wild card team with us. It looks strong. Um, and it's got a nice balance to it. And uh, I think you're going to. You know, you're gonna have, you should get a green arrow this weekend. So uh, definitely be keeping an eye out, see what happens. Thanks for joining us. Uh, people can follow you uh, on Twitter, FPL Yellow Army. So yeah, guys Roberto watching this video, uh, do give Roberto a follow. Sorry, Roberto, you're saying? Sorry, at Roberto Hollis 9 That's yeah. my Twitter. Good to see you. And uh, right. 
look forward to speaking to you again. Great stuff. Thanks for having me. No worries. Right. Now on to Jay's juicy stats. Raul Jimenez scored his first goal since his injury against Southampton. Now, Southampton are a favourite team for him. He scored the most goals against them, four goals in six games. Now, Wolves face Newcastle, the second worst team, conceding 2.33 goals per match. And Wolves, on the other hand, have only conceded 0.83 goals per match. I think this is a great option for people who are thinking about moving from Bamford and doing a straight swap with Raul Jimenez. Jamie Vardy. 10.4 million. Now, he's a top-scoring striker. Five goals and one assist. He's got 40 points and he's only owned by 12.7% of people. He's had 17 shots this season, nine shots on target, and he's got shooting accuracy of 53%. Only Salah and Saar have a higher percentage in the top five scorers. Now, Leicester have Crystal Palace, Man United, Brentford and Arsenal in the next four. But we all know that Vardy can score against anyone and he loves scoring against Arsenal. Can he now compete with the popular Lukaku and Ronaldo? I spoke with our Leicester juicer, FPL Foxy, to find out more. Hello guys, FPL Foxy here. Jay's just asked me to do a quick video to give the Leicester perspective on Vardy and kind of make a case for and against him. And yeah, he started the season in great form again. Same as last season, he got 10 and 11 at the start of last season and then had injury problems. Struggled with fitness, might have to boil a bit. But I think with Dakar now here to play in the Cups and in Europa League, he should stay fit, hopefully. And that'll be a massive factor in him continuing to score. Uh, I think he will. He's on penalties, but all five of his goals so far have been from open play. He's had a couple disallowed for offside as well against Man City and Wolves. So yeah, he looks to be back to his best. He looks fit. He's been clinical with some of the chances he's took. There have been some very good finishes, so... I think if the attack can get going, which I think Luckman will be a big part of, he's been very good in the few minutes he's played so far and created quite a lot. I think he's got a 0.84 uh, expected goal involvement so far per 90 minutes. So, yeah, he's looking really good and should help Vardy stay on the score sheet. And for, you know, over a million in the case of Ronaldo, spare if you get Vardy in. If the fixtures are right, I don't see why Vardy couldn't be an option this season. Obviously, there will be a few concerns around Leicester for you know, some of the performances in the minute have been great, but I, I don't see any reason why not. If he's scoring when we're playing bad, imagine what he can do when we start in a bit of form. Thanks, FPL Foxy. I think he's a great shout. I think if you've got Ronaldo and Lukaku in your team, you know you could downgrade Ronaldo as he starts to face a tough run of fixtures after the Everton game and move him down to Vardy and then have some spare money to spend in the rest of your squad. I've got a bit of a wildcard pick. Now, if you're looking for a one-week punt, especially if you're playing to wildcard after game week seven, I think Chris Wood could be a great option. He's 6.8 million. He's only 1.5% owned. Now, he's only got one goal this season, but he's going to face Norwich. And his record against Norwich is two goals in three games. Now, Norwich have a really poor away XGA of 1.92 which is the second lowest so I think he's got a great chance of scoring against Norwich I think Wood could rise to the occasion Thank you Ben and Holly uh, now look Thiago Silva he wasn't really for last weekend 
It's for the next few weeks because Chelsea are playing a dog and duck in the next few games, as I said last week. So keep him in, get him in. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying this main assault. Uh, he keeps banging them in, so he's done well. But look, little controversial one for you this weekend. I'm going to start with a cliche. They say that football isn't played on paper. Uh, it's not. It's played on the pitch. But you can get paper from trees. What are you talking about? Look, I'll tell you what else you can get from trees. Wood. Chris Wood. 6.8 mil. Playing Norwich. Norwich is rubbish. He's banging them in. I'm telling you, Chris Wood, do it. On to my game week seven fixtures. Now, I'm quite consistently bad at this. This week I got three correct and two scores correct. So I said um, Watford and Newcastle will have a 2-2 draw. They drew one all, so I got that right. And then I said 2-1 to West Ham, bang on. And I said 2-0 to Everton, bang on. I've got to try and do better than this, otherwise this is just going to be binned. Right, let's have a look at these fixtures. Uh, Man U versus Everton. I think Man U have to respond to that shocking loss to Villa. So I think they will win 2-1. Burnley v Norwich. I think there will be a straightforward victory for Burnley. 3-0. Chelsea v Southampton. I think Lukaku is going to be the most popular captain pick this week. And I think they're going to win 3-0. Leeds v Watford. Now that's going to really depend on Leeds' injury issues. You know, we, we don't know about Bamford. We're not sure about Rafinha. So at the moment, I'm going to be saying a one or draw with them. Wolves v Newcastle. I think Wolves will win this 1-0. Brighton v Arsenal. I'm going for a Brighton 2-1 victory. Crystal Palace v Leicester. I'm going to get this completely wrong, but I've gone for a 3-2 to Crystal Palace. Spurs v Aston Villa. I think the way Aston Villa are playing, the way they press the opposition, I think Spurs are going to find this very difficult and I think Villa will come out winners by two goals to nil. West Ham v Brentford. I'm going for a two-all draw. I was really impressed with Brentford. And I got that completely wrong. I said a straightforward 2-0 win for Liverpool. And it's a three-all draw. But I'm kind of banking on uh, Brentford causing West Ham a lot of trouble. And West Ham defence hasn't been that great. So 2-2 there. And Liverpool v Man City. This is a bit more of hope than... Uh, kind of what I would usually say, but I'm going for a Liverpool 2-1 win. On to my game week seven team. So at the moment, I've got Sanchez in goal. I've got back three of Rudiger, Trent, Semedo. And I've got Greenwood, Jota, Saar, Salah, Antonio, Bamford and Lukaku as my captain. So my issues at the moment is, I don't know if Bamford's going to be fit. I know Trent is out. And with Trent being out, I've got Livermento or Williams that will come in, which I don't really want. My initial plan was to get rid of Jota, especially with Firmino back. But now I think I might be taking a minus four. Um, if Bamford is out, I'll probably be looking at Jimenez. And then with Trent, I've got to make that decision whether to upgrade Williams to a Duffy or a Oh, that was probably Ben White. Um, but I'm just not I'm not convinced. So I'm going to just wait a bit closer to the presses. I'm hoping Bamford is going to be fit. If he's fit, then that makes my changes a lot more easier. 
So I will wait until then. That's all from the show today. Do catch up with the latest FPL Juice show. It was fantastic. You had Andy from Let's Talk FPL, a really nice guy. So please look out for that on our YouTube channel and also the Juice Bar. And I'll see you next week for that dreaded international break.